0: Unlimited, you know. Funny enough, I've had some roller coaster of a couple of past years, and that word is really the, at the core of everything I did. I needed to push myself so for so many reasons, personally and professionally. And to me, the word "unlimited" is synonymous with unstoppable. And at the same time, it's a very important factor for survival. You need to push yourself and go beyond these limits that we as humans set forth for ourselves. And it's amazing what you can see every time you cross a certain hurdle or a certain obstacle. It's amazing that that sensation of gratitude and uh, happiness and That success, but again, there's always going to be another hurdle along the way so you push yourself even further and further and further because life is a continuous obstacle race. You need to be unlimited with your passion, unlimited with your drive, unlimited with your ambition and with your ability to thrive.
1: Hi, and welcome to Unlimited, the podcast platform that gives voice to inspiring women from the Arab world and beyond to engage, empower, and drive growth. For this new episode of Unlimited Women's Brands, we're excited to welcome Nadine Halabi, Business Development Manager of the Dubai Business Women Council, a role that Nadine has covered for over a decade, but more than a role, it's a job with a mission. A mission to ensure businesswomen and female entrepreneurs feel motivated to innovate, create and thrive. An a mission that Nadine has been accomplishing on an ongoing basis, as proven at the beginning of this year by CEO Middle East, who nominated Nadine as one of the 50 most influential women in the region under the list of Women of Influence in the Arab World 2021. Nadine and her team have been my trusted companions and advisors during the month of the pandemic throughout a rich series of webinars and workshops. And uh, I finally had the pleasure to meet her in person at Dubai Chamber for the launch of uh, Dubai Business Women Council Fourth Mentorship Cycle, a topic and an opportunity that is very dear to me and um, so much in line with the Unlimited vision that um, I couldn't refrain from asking Nadine to join us on Unlimited podcast to tell us more, to tell us more about her journey, about the council and about all those Unlimited initiatives that are out there for all of us to explore, grab and maximise. So here she is. Hi, Nadine. Welcome to Unlimited. How do you do?
0: Hi, Daniela. I am doing great. I am very, very excited to be here with you on this podcast. And first of all, I want to thank you for this beautiful introduction. I am so very humbled. Uh, I must say it was an absolute pleasure uh, to meet you in person when you came to the mentorship uh, launch event a couple of weeks back. Um, You pretty much summed me up very nicely and uh, so thank you again. I, I might need to use that introduction myself in the near future.
1: So, <laughs> And the introduction is nothing compared to what I'm planning to ask you throughout this conversation. Starting with uh, a little bit of your personal journey, if I may. So, born and raised in Dubai, you literally must have seen the city growing and developing as you were growing up. Any particularly fond memory from your childhood here in Dubai that you'd like to share with us?
0: Definitely. So, as you rightly said, I, am a, uh, um, I was born and raised in the UAE. I am of Lebanese origin. My parents moved here in the early 70s, um, just when the civil war started to really grow intensely in Lebanon. And they set up camp in Dubai. I was born here, so is my sister, we grew up here, we went to school here, I graduated high school here, uh, went away, did my university studies and managed to find my way back in Dubai for uh, work and my career development and growth and eventually started my family here in Dubai as well. A fond memory that sticks in my head and which I will never forget is I remember maybe I don't think I was more than 10 or 11 years old, and we were driving on Sheikh Zayed Road. At the time, Sheikh Zayed Road ended just after the World Trade Center building, which is now considered a very small little building. At that time, it was the icon of Dubai. It was like the landmark that actually signaled the end of the road for Dubai. After that, it was nothing but the desert. And maybe a few years after that, there was the Al-Rostomani buildings that came up. So that was like further, deeper into the Sheikh Zayed road that was actually, oh my God, it signaled. This is it. We're going into the desert now. And the reason why I remember the the World Trade Center building so well is because in school that I graduated from here in Dubai, we learned uh, uh, three languages. Uh, It was an English medium school, but of course we had eight hours of Arabic per week. And we also had eight hours of French per week. So in French, one of the lessons was studying about different types of buildings. And one of them was skyscrapers. And I was having difficulty memorizing the word in French. And my mother, who was French educated, was sitting in the front seat, in the passenger seat next to my father. And she's like, Nadine, look at the World Trade Center building. you see how high that building is? And I'm like, yes. She's like, it's actually scratching The sky. So in French, we call it gratte ciel, as in like scratch the sky. And it stuck to my head. Like, oh my God, to me, it was such a fascinating building. And it made me think that, wow, we're actually so lucky to live in a place that actually has skyscrapers. So, I have such great fond memories of Dubai. This is one of them that sticks through because it helped me learn a lesson. Uh, we grew up in a place here that was, it's always been very cosmopolitan. It's always been open. It's always been diverse. Um, I've had Emirati friends ever since I was in kindergarten. I've had friends from different nationalities. Um, and, you know, we grew up in a very safe and warm and pretty much secure environment ever since I can remember.
1: The Water Center, you just reminded me, that's actually where I had my very first interview, even before moving to Dubai. And, and yes, uh, going all the way up to the 17th floor back then was uh, pretty fascinating, literally scratching the sky, as you said. I truly hope they'll never knock it down because it is a real icon of Dubai.
0: It's, it is. It's actually iconic to many of us who grew up here in Dubai, it has fond memories.
1: But while you've always been quite settled in the region, for many Dubai used to be a city of um, transient opportunities like expats on two to four years contracts who would make the most of their time in Dubai and then either head back home or move on. But now I feel that this trend is changing. What is different now from the earlier years from a social control and economic perspective?
0: I can definitely say a lot has happened, a lot has changed. First of all, I mean you can you can see for yourself how much the UAE government is working hard on making sure that first of all they provide a very safe and family-oriented place to live in. And I, I would like to speak for Dubai mostly rather than the entire UAE because this is where I, I I you know I spent most of my life. So to begin with, it is an open and safe place that acts as a wonderful um, uh, city that has just the right kind of family life and family life circumstances for you to come as an expat, work, live, and, and, and just, you know, grow and prosper um, in terms of the security and people no longer being as transient as they were before. It all the, the, the shift really started when the government started providing um, freehold visas and opportunities for free zones to help you set up your own business, because there came a very long time. I mean, a while back uh, to set up a business, you needed a UAE local partner to do so. And if you didn't have a local partner to create your own LLC um, uh, license, then it would have been close to impossible for you to set up an actual business. You now You can be employed by a company, that's something else. But to actually set up camp or base here in Dubai and go with that, you needed to have a partner. With that, with the boom and with the need and this desire and this, Uh, um, lots of people moving from the corporate world and setting up their own businesses with the help and support of the various free zones that were available in Dubai, it became more and more often and more frequent that people had made the shift Set up their own companies and decided to make Dubai their own home. Also at the same time, parallel to that, that's when the leadership decided to create all these beautiful communities that we're surrounded with, where you can actually buy a house. You can invest in real estate and own your property here. And so it can't, it, 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 it completes it when you have a business set up here and you have a home or you become a homeowner. It pretty much sets the pace for you to make Dubai either your current home or even for the future, a retirement home as well. As we see a lot of of the people within the business industries thinking for the future and thinking that, you know what, this is such a great place to live and to work. Why not make it a permanent home or why not make it the city for my retirement? And of course, it goes without saying we have great healthcare. we have excellent schools, excellent universities. So it's pretty much a very good infrastructure of different little things that pretty much complete each other that could provide you with the right kind of ingredient, the ingredients and the right formulas to either grow up or even retire here in, in Dubai.
1: And that's what allows us to feel safe and stable, right? And to call Dubai our home and not anymore just our home away from home. So talking about stability, you first worked in education in Dubai, then joined the private sector with Microsoft in Bahrain before moving back to Dubai and joining Dubai Business Women Council. What made you join? But even more importantly, what made you stay?
0: Very good question. I love it, actually. Um my transition from the educational industry to the business world, I would definitely have to say that I um, I insisted on working on myself and because I I love teaching. It was a passion of mine. However, after a while I realized that I've somehow plateaued. I wanted to do more. I am a people's person. I love being around people. But at the same time, I can't deny that I love the educational side of things. And by transitioning from being a teacher to my current job here at the Dubai Wisdom Council, which pretty much includes a lot of mentoring, a lot of initiatives around learning, skill development, personal development, all of that, I kind of kept that identity as well, that teaching factor, that teaching element. And so... This is what really makes me love my job. It's being a part of a platform that can actually give so much back to those who are involved. in it. That's one. As for your question of what made me join, it's an interesting story, Daniela. When I was approached for the job vacancy, it was through a friend of mine somebody that I grew up with who was at the time working for Dubai Chamber of Commerce and Industry in the HR department. So when she heard that I came back from Bahrain and I was looking for a job, she told me, I have something great for you. Why don't you apply for the Dubai Business Women Council? I was like, Dubai Business Women? She said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a council for the business community. It's a very small business council and um, they have these monthly events. It's uh, nothing too crazy, but I'm sure you'll like it. My first reaction was, women? No, I cannot work with women for no reason. I'm a woman. My daughter is a girl. But the thing is, when, when, when you're only working with women, I feel like uh, um, I've always believed that we didn't support each other enough. There wasn't a lot of uh, a great positive energy together. I felt that there was a lot of competitive edge to a lot of things that we did. And so I tried to step away from this kind of environment. She told me, listen, you don't have to make a decision. Why don't you just go to the interview with the boss? She is a great inspirational woman. She is a successful business tycoon. Just go and meet her. Up until the time of the interview, I, I, had, I was telling myself, okay, I'll just do the interview and I'll leave. You know, I'll make a new contact, somebody who's VIP, but there's no way on earth I'm going to work for a businesswoman council. But then I met Dr. Raja al Gurg And, <laughs> Really, I mean, to read about how great she is and how successful and powerful and knowledgeable she is on Google, but to meet her in person and to see that she is such a modest and down to earth and extremely knowledgeable person who is so passionate about so many things which consists what the what the Dubai Business Room Council is all about and we had a very nice conversation it didn't really feel like an interview it felt more of a very normal conversation and she told me what she had in mind and I, I thought oh my god if I will not gain anything out of this experience I will learn from this amazing human being so why not you know and I took the job and it was the best decision of my life because yes, I know it's very cliche to say this, find your passion, find a job, whereas it's not really a job as much as it's more of a hobby, but you know what, to me, it's really applied and it took me a while to find that job. And it's amazing because thanks to her, I was given the platform to really come up with some great strategies with her guidance for the council. And we've come such a long way since 2011, you know? Actually, we've come a long way since the establishment of the council in 2002. But since I joined in 2011, we've done so many great initiatives. We've helped empower so many businesswomen. We've launched so much, such great initiatives. And I, I'm very thankful to her and to her leadership and to how progressive she is with her leadership and her vision.
1: And we can feel it through your voice, how passionate you are about your role, which goes way beyond being just a job uh, as we said in the intro so for those who are not familiar with dubai business women council what are the pillars of the council
0: very good So for those who are not familiar with who we are, I want to take you to a very nice brief introduction. Um, In 2002, when the council was established, it was mandated by His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid al-Maktoum to put together a group of successful business women owners who are Emiratis, who were invited by the leadership of the UAE to travel around the globe in order to promote what the business women landscape of Dubai was all about. And that was a time where Dubai was starting to boom. Dubai was starting to become on the international map as a place for tourism, as a place for work, as a place for safe family ecosystem, and so on and so forth. So Her Excellency Dr. Raja al ghur was appointed as the president, and she had eight other Emirati board members with her, along with other prominent figures like Her Excellency Amina Rustomani, Her Excellency uh, Sheikh al al-Qasimi as well. So they were all part of the delegation that were appointed by His Highness Sheikh Mohammed to travel to different parts of the globe. And just by representing themselves and talking about their businesses, they are indirectly changing the false misconception that people in different parts of the Western world had about the women of the UAE. And so that's how it started in 2002. When I joined in 2011, we started putting some more add-ons to the council. Mm -hmm. We've opened the door for membership not only for Emirati business owners, but also to expatriate women. We've also uh, uh, eased up the, the application process whereby our membership doors were open, not only for business owners, but also for employees in a business. And that allowed us to give the women in the workforce a chance to develop and hone their personal and professional skills, uh, uh, connect with like-minded women, and of course take advantage of the great initiatives that we offer exclusively. Which brings me down to what we do exactly. So we are the official platform that represents the business women community in Dubai. And because we fall under the umbrella of the Chamber of Commerce, all the delegations that visit Dubai to the Chamber come and meet with us and they meet with our board and some of our members to create an opportunity for dialogue and to basically get a feel of what the business landscape is in Dubai through the lens and the opinion of our business uh, members. So it's a platform, if you may say, for networking because we have lots of networking opportunities that's created and put together for our members and our partners as well. It is an opportunity to represent the working women community of Dubai for those who come and visit the chamber. And so it opens up discussions for possible bilateral uh, trade or business opportunities. It is a platform that provides its members ongoing workshops and seminars and forums that aim at developing professional and personal skills. And last but not least, We have our own pillar initiatives that we provide exclusively to our members and which fall under the following categories. We have our own mentorship program, which you, Daniela, is very familiar with. And I thank you for all the support that you've provided our our initiative. I know how passionate you are about it, so I really can relate. The second initiative is our entrepreneurship academy, whereby we join forces and collaborate with uh, um, government and private sectors. And we curate six to eight week programs around business setup or business scale up. So it's an opportunity for anybody who wants to start a business or scale up a business to join the program. And for six to eight weeks, we will take them through the A to Z of what it is that they need to do. And last but not least, our platform for diversity and inclusion. And that I would like to stress on the importance that. We are not an entity to set any policies for diversity and inclusion or gender parity, but we are a platform whereby we create impactful forums by inviting men and women from the private and the public sector to talk about the best practices that they are doing within their organizations to increase more women in the workforce, to retain women in the workforce, and of course, to promote women within their leadership Pyramids. So this is basically, in a nutshell, who we are and what we do.
1: Diversity, inclusions, these are concepts that uh, nowadays are on everyone's agenda. Well, or at least they should be. But how were they perceived when Dubai Business Women Council first launched in the early two thousand? Or even just how was your role perceived when you joined the council 10, ten years ago? and uh, what were the very first initiatives that allowed you to make an impact and drive that positive change towards a more gender-balanced society?
0: Okay, so um, where do I begin? Uh, When I first joined in 2010 or 2011, the role was, like I told you, it was a very small council. We had 35 Emirati business owners on board. And so the activity planning for these business owners was quite simple. First of all, they were super busy. So we had to put together once a month an event where they could network, exchange ideas, and if possible, invite a guest speaker to talk about uh, something new each time. But after a while, six months into that, I realized that there was so much more that we can do. And so Dr. Al-Gurg, the board, and myself recreated the strategy a little bit. We tweaked it up, and we decided to open up the opportunities and have more women get involved at the time. The number of entrepreneurs or women entrepreneurs was increasing in Dubai because there were all these free zones providing all these licenses. The opportunity to set up a business was very simple. It was a time where women wanted to transition from the the, the full time workforce to I want to be an entrepreneur so I can create that work life balance. And that's when we started to see a lot of members coming in. Now, One thing we did not do is we kept things organic within the council in the sense that we wanted to attract the right members because we did not want to be perceived as a breakfast club or as a women's get together club. We were more than that. We wanted to attract when I say like minded women. It's exactly what we mean by that. And by like minded women, we want women who can put some time in to educate other women about certain practices within their businesses or within their industries. Create a content for a workshop that will deliver and add value or create certain objectives for these women so that by the end of the workshop, they leave having learned something new, having uh, come up with tools that they themselves can provide their team with or their companies with. And so create a larger impact. So the first thing we started to see was the more we did these workshops, of course, with the help of our partners from the government and the private sectors, and we partnered up with great multinational companies who already in their agenda wanted some of their senior executive team to come on board and allocate some time to educate the business women community. So it worked great. It was a barter agreement for us because... We're a nonprofit organization, so we don't have that much of a budget to, to pay certain facilitators and speakers, but we decided to create a barter agreement whereby if somebody of a senior position wants to give back to the community, we have the platform, we will create the media exposure, we will uh, you know, work on the entire event, but in return, we want the members to walk out with valuable information, with new insights and clear objectives on how they can improve their certain uh, professional skills. So um, with that, things started to grow more for the council. And that's where around maybe in 2013 or 2014, we decided to join forces with MasterCard. And we put together our first initiative, which was the Ru'ya Entrepreneurship Academy. Ru'ya was a fantastic initiative because It was, first of all, free of charge for any woman who had an idea for a business or anybody who kind of had a feel for what she wanted to do, but did not have the confidence to start, did not have access to financial uh, um, opportunities to, to, to set up the seed money for the business. And of course, for women who didn't really have the knowledgeable tools, or access to the information that will enable them to create those business plans. So we put all these components together and we worked very closely with MasterCard and some other partners who came on board as uh, knowledge facilitators. And we've curated a six-week program that enabled any single woman who joined the program to learn step-by-step what is required to set up a business. And the expert actually worked with the applicants every step of the way on their business plan. So by the end of the the program, these ladies had a completely finalized, retouched, checked, rechecked business plan that can actually work for them. And what we also did is we added a little bit of spice and the money that we raised from MasterCard, which was close to $100,000, they were allocated to three finalists who each walked away with a bundle of cash that she used to actually set up her business. So the first prize was 50000 and then we had $30,000, not $30,000, and, and uh, 20000 US dollars in cash for three uh, finalists. So this created a huge impact. And I think this is what Set the tone for the Dubai Business Women Council in the market and in, in Dubai and in Dubai at large as a platform that is serious about educating, empowering, and leading the change.
1: I'm experiencing it myself in first person as a member, how Dubai Business Women Council is setting the tone in leading the change in Dubai. I wonder, though, if there is some some sort of domino effect, uh, and what is the role that Dubai is playing in driving a change, not only within the Emirate, but uh, across the region?
0: Yes, and I'm sorry, I forgot to answer that question. With reference to the global perspective or perception of how international uh, uh, or how foreign countries are looking at us, it goes hand in hand with what Dubai and the leadership of Dubai are doing. So they're they're creating all these great opportunities for work, for education, for healthcare, for uh, uh, diversity and inclusion in all industries across different sectors. And parallel to that, what we're doing as the Dubai Business Women Council is we engage on an annual basis. And by we, I mean, Dr. Raja al Gurg. And the board member and my the board members and myself, where we visit a different country every single year and we go on an unofficial visit. So we are met by prime ministers, first ladies, presidents, ministers, uh, influential men and women in the business in, in, in diverse business industries. We engage in roundtable discussions, we go to networking events, we attend forums in those visiting countries where we are able to represent who we are as businesswomen of Dubai, exchange ideas on business, and of course create opportunity for any kind of bilateral trade or business opportunity. And I remember back in 2012 or 2013, I was with uh, Her Excellency Dr. Raja Al-Gur where we visited Deauville in France. There was the Women's Forum and there were like hundreds of women, not only from Europe, but from around the world. And we were there representing Dubai. And when we were approached by men and women attending the forum, everybody was so curious about how amazing Dubai is. Like they were telling us, oh, we've seen in the news that you have this and you have that and you're great on tourism and you're doing so great with business. Is it easy to do business in Dubai? How can we start the conversation about that? Can you connect us to certain... Uh, for example, the French community, the Spanish community, depending on which country they come from. And the beauty of that is we work very closely with the business councils. So they are our partners as well. And if there's any delegation that's visiting that wants to find out more about the the business landscape, and if they want to narrow it down to their nationality, we can easily make the connection. But back to the point of Doville, Doville was the set the stepping stone that allowed Dr. Raja and the board to really think hard on opening up membership for international members, even if they don't live in Dubai. If they work abroad, but they're interested, to find out more about the working community here, they come to the council, they have an international membership, they have access to our B2B online platform, they can connect with our members online and arrange Zoom calls or teleconference calls or whatever it is that they want. Maybe when they visit Dubai, they can connect with the right people, arrange meetings. And so when they are here visiting, they can maximize on their visit and try to get the ball rolling when it comes to creating business opportunities. So it's really a very bountiful, it's a very active platform to be a part of. It is not only focusing locally, it's definitely focusing internationally. Um, and so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been going great. It's been quite a whirlwind, but I feel that we are managing to really reflect the business landscape of Dubai, not only locally, but also internationally through these meetings and these official delegations that we engage in once a year at least.
1: Nadine, this is great news for our listeners who are actually tuning in not only from Dubai and the UAE, but uh, from all over the world. We in fact have 30% um, of our listeners from USA and many from Europe and India. So guys and ladies, you'll all be able not only to follow the conversations, but also to play an active role by exploring and eventually joining Dubai Business Women Council. We'll ensure to add all the links to the show notes in the podcast apps so we can all be virtually connected and uh, interact.
0: What uh, Daniela thanks for, to COVID. I mean, in every challenge, there's always an opportunity, and the only opportunity about uh, one of the opportunities of, of, of you know COVID is that it opened up the world digitally. We are now connected in in such a great way where I don't think there's an obstacle anymore. So if there's somebody living in the U.S. or somebody in Europe or somebody in Southeast Asia or what have you who wants to connect to somebody in Dubai and they use the membership of the DBWC to do so, it's limitless, as your podcast is all about, because by connecting online and having Zoom calls or MS team calls, you can actually conduct business. You don't have to be physically present in Dubai to do so. You can do the majority of the work digitally. And then if the opportunity arises and you can arrange for a business trip to meet with different stakeholders in Dubai, then great. And, you know, back it up with a little bit of tourism, a little bit of shopping, enjoying the current great weather, maybe come visit Expo. See, there's so much that you can do.
1: And the latest addition to Dubai's bucket list uh, in Dubai, the largest observation for Israel in the world. Well, this excitement uh, that uh, you carry for Dubai and for your role, I know that it reflects uh, on your managerial style. Speaking of which, if you allow me to quote from your bio. I know that you are well-reputed for bringing an entrepreneurial approach to business, for adopting a startup style of management that fosters innovation, takes advantage of new opportunities and interprets industry trends to maximize strategic objectives. So you've certainly dealt with companies of all different calibre, size and positioning over these years. How did you see the corporate culture and the managerial style evolving in the past decade in this region?
0: That's a great question Um, with reference to my entrepreneurial style. As I said, in my heart and in my blood, I feel like teaching is one of my greatest passions, and if I can utilize the network that I work in to create more and more opportunities to have experts in different industries come on board and offer great learning skills, great development skills to the members of the council by means of forums or or workshops or continuous uh, sessions, then I will not stop. Because what I've noticed is there are so many people out there who are so passionate about giving back to the community. And I, I experienced it firsthand through my work. But what people don't do is they don't ask for help. If you don't ask for help, You won't get it. People don't read minds. People are busy, especially Dubai. Dubai is a very busy city to live in. People are really trying to make ends meet. It's always hustling and bustling and everybody's like on on a treadmill here. So it's also a great idea for you to use your network or to use your contacts and just ask them and say, listen, I have this great platform. Would you be willing to give me an hour of your time next week to come and deliver a workshop around X subject? you'll be surprised at what you can get in terms of positive feedback, which brings brings me to the second point that you've rightly asked, and how am I seeing leadership transforming these days? Um, The business landscape is super fast. Uh, There are new uh, new skills coming up all the time, new technology, uh, new opportunities, the landscape of doing business is exponentially fast and you need to keep up with the trends, which means you need to continuously educate yourself. You need to be continuously learning, learning by speaking to people or learning by registering in courses or even attending workshops. It doesn't matter. Or even learn uh, learning by reading, as long as your brain is continuously refreshed and leaders are paying close attention to the importance of enriching their teams, or at least I hope this is from what I'm seeing, I feel that there is a more uh, engaging approach. I feel that there is more an inclusive approach when it comes to leadership, because that's the way it should be. Leadership is the language of inclusivity. You can't work alone in a silo and not inspire the people who are making you get to the top. It, and it, because if that happens. And it's not, and, and they don't feel empowered or supported by you as a leader, they're going to leave you at some point, you know, and you're going to end up alone. So I feel there's a lot of uh, um, emotional intelligence taking place. Uh, people are taking a new shift on how leadership should be. I feel there's more of a team engagement taking place, especially now with the youth joining the workforce. There's a modern take on how management should be. And I really hope that this continues to go forward in the right direction. There's continuous dialogues taking place about gender parity, diversity, and inclusion. And diversity and inclusion is something that I have to say, we are very lucky to have it part of our agenda here in the UAE in comparison to other countries of the world. Because see, we don't have these gender issues in Dubai or in the UAE as some other countries uh, um, are are currently still enduring. So I feel there's a great balance. I feel the landscape is slowly shifting into a more uh, engaged, a more supportive kind of leadership, which I hope it stays. But there's one thing that we also need to work on, and I would like to be gender-specific on only that thing, is the fact that women should make it a point to support each other more in any shape or form, whether it is by mentoring, whether it's just by meeting up with a group of co-workers or friends and just talking about things, educating each other, helping each other out, connecting people together, anything that you can do in terms of support because the word support is such a diverse word anything that you can do to provide support to another woman would be really awesome and we should see more of that happening uh, globally not just here in the UAE
1: and support is what you offer on an ongoing basis to your community and beyond so who's part of your community besides business women and female entrepreneurs of course what about for instance uh, the youth which you just mentioned
0: So with reference to the youth, we are a little bit specific on that. Because we are one of the initiatives of the Dubai Chamber, the only required qualification for a member to join the council is, she needs to be working. So anybody who Let's say somebody who's in high school, unfortunately, is not qualified. Somebody who's still studying in university is not qualified to be a member. But if she's graduated from university or a college and is working in a company or is her own employer or is an entrepreneur or whatever, that qualifies her to join the council. So because it's basically a platform for working women. So they need to be working. Um, As for empowering the youth or working on, you know, creating that drive and force within the youth, we work very closely with universities. Like from our partners, we have IE University, just to name a few, IE University, the University of Wollongong in Dubai, Manchester University, AUD, AUS, uh, um, and um, I'm sorry if I left out any of my partners, but this is on the spot information. And what we do is if they have any career fairs or career days and they invite us to sit and talk about what we do, uh, like we've done a lot in uh, with, with Zaid University as well as the higher colleges of technology where we've engaged in their career, in their, um, career uh, days and talked about what this platform is all about and why it's so important for those who graduate from university and get to work to be part of the council because there's continuous development, continuous skill growth. And at the same time, it's a great networking opportunity. So we work closely with these universities on that. And something that I do myself on the side, which is from my own time, is if I get invited to speak at high schools for the graduating classes, I emphasize on the importance of women coming together. I emphasize the importance of continuously learning, developing your skills and so on. So that's also something that I'm very passionate about.
1: And This leads me to mentoring, which is something that I discovered very late in my career stage. I always thought that uh, when university was over, then it was all about work, work, work. But uh, now I've become a passionate advocate of the importance of this continuous development, uh, this skill growth and networking opportunity. And I'd love to hear it uh, from, from you. Why is mentoring important? Who is it for and why should someone consider mentoring as a mentee and as a mentor?
0: Yes, for the mentoring program uh, or for our mentorship initiative, it's actually, um, it's unlimited. It's for anybody who desires to seek mentorship in order to grow or to hone a certain aspect of their career. And you would be surprised if I told you that a lot of the applicants, are looking to develop their personal skills. Some of them have a great business, a great plan. uh, uh, Everything on paper is so amazing, but the problem lies within themselves. They need more soft skill development. They lack areas in, um, uh, you know, they, they have a fear of communicating in public or public speaking. So these are things that, our mentors can provide because the thing is the beauty of the mentorship program is we open it up to anybody who wants to give back when it comes to the mentors and for the mentees, all you have to do is specify what are the areas that require support and you need to be specific because if you're not specific, we can't pair you with the right mentor. So I stress it again. If an applicant comes and submits her application and says, I need to make my business profitable. It's going to be difficult. I'm going to have to contact her again and tell her, okay, you need to narrow it down for me and be more specific. Do you need help with finance, p and You have a problem with your business plan? What is it? Please narrow it down because by keeping it so vague, I'm unable to pair you with the right mentor. And we ask the same thing from mentors. Where is your area of strength? What is your forte that you consider such a powerful skill that you can really assist? One of the applicants by taking her under your wing and having her as your mentee. And they also have to narrow it down. And by having that clear application format, it becomes easier and it becomes more result oriented or result driven. Because if you have the right recipe, it'll turn out great. But if the ingredients are not there, it's a fail. So we try to make sure that the process is meticulous, is detailed oriented so that we can reach out and pair the right people together. So yes, learning and development, mentorship are key, regardless of sector, regardless of job position, regardless of gender, and regardless at what stage in your career you're at. So organizations who have a learning and development uh, department that stress on continuously adding that little spice to their employees by providing them access to great workshops and trainings, perfect. Mentorship, even more perfect. Whether it could be done internally, it could be done within the same team. It doesn't have to be from the top all the way down. It could be a department whereby the lead could be the right mentor for a group of the team members. I mentor my team all the time. I've been doing it since they've joined. And I push them to become better because I always tell them, With me, I don't want you to plateau. Every six months, there's going to be a new target for you because I know you can do it. Because the whole point of this is we all have to grow together. If I'm growing alone and you're stuck behind, it's not going to do any good. We need to be at the same pace together. So mentorship, learning and development, hand in hand
1: an approach that certainly brings uh, loyalty. I see your team always so punctual, dedicated, proactive, and I believe they've been with you for quite, quite some time, which uh, truly makes a difference.
0: Oh, definitely. My team is my, is my support system and <laughs> I, I hope that they continue to stay with me because again, I cannot do this on my own. I was never able to do this on my own. It's, it's, it's so beautiful to acknowledge the fact that in every team member, there's a certain quality whereby we all end up completing each other. And we have this full 360 circle because each one of us has something valuable to bring to the table, you know. And so and I, and I feel, you know, yes, it makes them happier. Yes, it makes them feel safe and loyal and, 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 and secure in their job. And um, yeah,
1: sounds like uh, now that your daughter will move on to college, you'll find uh, an extended family in, uh, in your team.
0: They've always been my extended family. They've always been. They, they know. They've been. They've been with me through thick and thin, and they know the whole process of everything. My children, my my part of my personal life, and, and honestly, it, it's they're just part of my family. They are an extended part of my family to whom I'm very grateful, very well, grateful, and to whom I consider myself very lucky as well.
1: What a great example of a company culture, Nadine, and now. Last but not least, what I call um, our paramount question, bringing back a concept that uh, you mentioned a few times throughout our conversation, the concept of uh, unlimited and being limitless. So what does unlimited mean to you? To
0: me, unlimited, you know, funny enough, I've had some roller coaster of a couple of past years and that word is really the, at the core of everything I did. I needed to push myself so, for so many reasons, personally and professionally. And to me, the word unlimited is synonymous with unstoppable. And at the same time, it's a very important factor for survival. You need to push yourself and go beyond these limits that we as humans set forth for ourselves. And it's amazing what you can see every time you cross a certain hurdle or a certain obstacle. It's amazing that that sensation of gratitude and uh, happiness and that success. But again, there's always going to be another hurdle along the way. So you need to push yourself even further and further and further. Because life is a continuous obstacle race. You need to be unlimited with your passion, unlimited with your drive, unlimited with your ambition. And with your ability
1: to thrive. And that's the sort of energy that I love. It's the spirit that fuels uh, our being unlimited or unstoppable, as you said, right? Because unstoppable is what we are and what keeps us going no matter what. So thank you, Nadine, for joining me on Unlimited and thank you for everything you do for everyone at Dubai Business Women Council and beyond.
0: Thank you, Daniela. It's been a pleasure. And I also want to thank you for everything that you're doing to the business community. It's just fantastic. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed discovering the person, the story and the vision behind the brand. Now it's your turn. We'd love to hear from you. Please share your comments or questions on our social media pages on Instagram at unlimited.me and LinkedIn at unlimited platform. And don't forget to leave a review. Best in last, if you'd love to share your story, please connect with us on our website, www.unlimited.me. We're always on the hunt for inspiring stories of unlimited women, and you could be the next one.